The Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM. Lauren Bukas. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Michelle. So, Lauren, the five books that you plan to read this year, are they part of your bookshelf? Are they part of your bedside (laughs) table? Are they books that you just never got to? Or are you, like, looking ahead already? I'm looking ahead, but also because I'm an author, I often get sent advanced reading copies of books, which is very exciting. Normally I get, normally they send me like um, an actual physical book, but because of the postal system and the pandemic right now, I'm getting a lot of e-books, but that's okay because I have a good Kindle. Um, So yeah, so it's a mix. It's a mix of, there's one book which I meant to read, read last year, which I haven't got around to. Um, and then the rest are books which are coming out in kind of the next couple of months. So what are they? So I am also a huge Rebecca Solnit fan. And um, A Paradise Built in Hell was yes. one of the books that I kind of held on to in lockdown. Yeah. Just because she talks about how in times of great disaster and tragedy, people actually come together. Yeah. And there's yeah. a new book by a woman called Elizabeth Colbert. She won the, yes. the Pulitzer for The Sixth Extinction, which was just about how we devastated the entire earth. Yeah. But her new book, Under a White Sky, The Nature of the Future, which is coming out in February, is about how we might actually save ourselves. And she talks to biologists and geoengineers and um, people who are trying to develop a super coral that might kind of try and help us with uh, absorb a lot of kind of the heat as, as climate change like kicks in really hard. Um, and there's a quote from the book, which I really love, which is, one way to look at human civilization is as a 10,000-year exercise in defying nature. But hopefully this book is more about finding a way to work with nature um, and to defy ourselves and our own destructive capacity. So, so Lauren, before you go into your other books, um, we do have to go to a break, but there's a couple of things. I know that Rebecca Solnit, and I've never read it, has written a wonderful book as well about walking, which is one of my favorite topics in the world. I believe so. And uh, oh, So you've not read it? I haven't read it, no. Well, I challenge you to read it this year. I think we should both read it and uh, uh, rejoin as we talk about that particular book. I'm also interested in Elizabeth Colbert because you talk about a super coral. Isn't it hugely ironic that as we destroy the earth, we have to go back to the earth in order to try and save ourselves? It's absolutely one of those great... um, comedy of errors, I suppose one could call it. We're going to go to a break, but when we come back, uh, I want to know about your other books. Absolutely. The Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM. She's on the line. She's an internationally renowned author. She's written such a fantastic selection of books which just talk to science fiction, the magic of today that is the science of tomorrow, and much, much more. And we're listening to her choice of books for this year. Rebecca Solnit, Big Fat Tick, Elizabeth Colbert. I really look forward to reading that. Lauren, what are the other books that you are going, okay, this is my, my reading list for the first, uh, let's say, say month of this year. Um, so the next one up is a book which I came out in August last year, which I've been hearing a lot about from my friend Hama Brody, yes. um, who is the author of uh, three Bodies and also Femicide in South Africa. Um, and this book seems to kind of align with that. It's kind of a, um, a gritty, witty, dark fantasy noir set in Cape Town. And it's called Mermaid Fillet by yes. Sarah Dern. Yeah. Um, so I've been hearing rave reviews about it. Yep. It's about 
gangsters and crime and like living in Cape Town, but also this kind of black market trade in mermaid tails, which sells for 4,000 rand a kilogram. Um, and a goddess who just embodies the rage of femicide and violence done to women's bodies, um, who kind of summons these kind of red storms. And it just sounds so much absolutely up my dark alley of combining fantasy and social issues um, and just so very perfectly South African. It's such a fantastic title, and I've seen it, and it is on that long list of books, and it's just <laughs> a title that makes you go, like, it makes your skin crawl, but at the moment, it also makes you go, go this is just a title of imagination. So it does sound like a great one. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Um, then I've just got two ARCs, which I'm very excited about. The one is The Absolute Book by Elizabeth Knox, yes. um, and she's this incredible New Zealand writer. And it's it's kind of along the lines of um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. David Mitchell is a huge fan of her work. So it's this kind of fantasy about revenge, magic, talking birds, wicked things emerging from the darkness, and a librarian who has her hands on a fire-starting scroll. And it just sounds like whimsical, brilliant, smart, interesting, beautiful fantasy escapism, and I'm, I'm here for it. Okay, and the last one. I've got two more to go. Two more to go. Two go more, yeah. Rebecca Solner was just, you know, you assigned me the Rebecca Solner. <laughs> go for it. Um, there's an amazing, uh, wonderful Zimbabwean writer, Tendai Huchu, who's been living yeah. in uh, Edinburgh for the last, I don't know, five, ten years. Yeah. And he's written a fantasy, again, about a librarian, uh, or about a secret library, but it's actually about a ghost talker, uh, Roper who drops out of school, she's carrying messages between the living and the dead, but then the dead oh, start wow. whispering to her that children's souls are essentially being stolen away from them. And what I love, I love it sounds amazing because he's combining the, the boldness of Scottish people um, with like some deep Shona magic. Yeah. And I just love that kind of combination of culture and taking kind of African stories and magic and setting them in places like Edinburgh. And so I'm really what's, excited to kind what's of see that, that remake. What's that called again? Oh, sorry, I didn't actually give the title. It's The Library of the Dead by T.L. Huchu. And of course, he wrote the wonderful The Hairdresser of Harari, yes. which I think was published by Chicana, also one of my favorite publishers a few years ago. It's such a great title, and it's also such a great concept, the idea of returning to the ancestors and uh, the whispering relationship between the living and the dead. It's great. Yeah. I love no, that. No, so very excited about that one. And then the last one is uh, a wonderful queer writer, Sarah Gailey. Yeah. Um, and they've written a high concept twist on the domestic thriller where there's a renowned scientist and she's made herself the perfect clone, which embodies mm. all the idealized versions of herself. And this clone manages to get pregnant. But somehow the two shared wives end up killing the husband, Nathan. And now they're going to have to actually work together, the scientist with this idealized perfect version of herself, to try and like save themselves, cover this up, deal with this murder. And I just, I just love that high concept twist. I love her writing; is just wonderful. So, also very excited for that one. And that's called The Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. It, it kind of reminds me of the, and I've, uh, I've forgotten both. Is it um, McEwen, the book about? Um, about uh, artificial I was, intelligence. 
Yeah, there was a hearing about artificial intelligence, and of course, Kazura Ishiguro's um, brilliant. The ne- Never Let Me Go yes. about clones. Yeah, yeah, uh, that looks sounds like a great read. Lauren, you mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, you are reading quite a bit on your Kindle. I, I, you know, as much as I've got into it and then not got into it and then got into it, I still I prefer paper. L- yeah, me too. Talk to I, us about that. Well, you know, I, I wanted to say that my Sundoku is partly decor. It's partly like, look at the amazing <laughs> taste that I have in these beautiful books, which I will get around to sometimes. But they also kind of represent a hope to me that I will actually come back to these books, that I will have all the time in the world to read them. Yeah. Um, and that these stories are waiting for me to kind of fall into them. And it's a really lovely thing. Um, it's certainly more interesting than having candles yeah, uh, or, I don't sure. know, pretty vases. For sure. Yeah. And, and I think um, also what it does do is it talks to the, the design of a book as well. I mean, you, oh you, God, you yeah. can see the design, some, you know, online and that kind of thing. But it's it's not quite the same, is it? No, Kindle is not the same. It's I, I don't manage to concentrate as much. Um, I've also been listening to a lot of audio books. Yeah. Um, and actually, one of the things that's got me through the last year is a lot of horror, actually. Because I'm like, okay, cool, we're living through a pandemic, but at least I don't have interdimensional demons like seeping through the damp spots on my roof. Um, <laughs> so it's been quite cathartic in that way. Um, but yeah, I don't, like paper is the way I'm best able to like absolutely fall into something um, and, and live inside it. I do struggle with Kindle and I do struggle also with, um, with audiobooks. Uh, they're great for long drives, but I, it doesn't hold me the same way reading on paper does. One of the things I realized about audiobooks as well is that you you sometimes miss out on the structure of the book because yeah. the way the book may be structured doesn't always is not always clear in the audio. Absolutely. And, and people forget how much time an author, and I, I suppose I'm asking you that, that you would spend in the structure is – it, you know, does this chapter have a title, for example? Does this mm. chapter not have a title? What makes it the next chapter? Is there even a next chapter? And I'm sure you spend a lot of time on that particular process as well. Definitely. I actually wrote, um, I've collaborated on a project, uh, Jessica Jones' serialized novel based on the Marvel superhero with some fabulous other writers. Um, and it was specifically meant to be for audio. And and that really just changes the way you think. You can't have. I love dialogue, but you need to kind of uh, be able to break up the dialogue with like moments of description, and and you really have to think about how it sounds and how that's going to carry. Yeah. Uh, especially because the novel, the serialized novel, Jessica Jones novel, uh, would it, it was designed to be a cliffhanger. So we each wrote two chapters, and each chapter had to end on a cliffhanger that would get people listening to the next one. And it was a really interesting structural exercise to kind of really understand what audio needs um, and how that's different to, you know, a normal paper book. And, and also that kind of cliffhanger, that very Dickensian kind of cliffhanger um, moments were yeah. also really interesting to write for. Lauren, one word before we have to go to the news. You are a big fan of comics. You've, you've, you've mentioned it now. You do write in that particular genre as well. If you have one comic that people should, uh, or comic novel that people should go to, this year now, what should it be? Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. Um, they created uh, She-Ra, the, the yes. new revamp of she But this comic book, it's, it's uh, suitable for YA or kids. I read it to my daughter when she was like eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and it is about a black-hearted uh, bad guy villain who's trying to overthrow the king with technology and magic. 
and everything's going horribly until a young girl arrives at his door who's actually a shapeshifter. And it's actually about the monsters inside us. Um, it makes me cry when I read it. Even rereading it, it's just absolutely wonderful. Um, it's about being a girl, the monstrousness of being a girl, um, but also just this rollicking, amazing fantasy with great characters, incredibly witty dialogue, witty drawings. It's just wonderful. I could reread that endlessly. And actually, I, I, I referenced it in uh, Afterland. It's the book that um, uh, Miles is reading to his dad's corpse after he dies of the plague uh, right. as kind of a parting gift to him. That's right. Lauren Biakis, thank you so much for, jo- for joining us and for a wonderful list of books. Uh, I feel that my 13 from the Tsundoku list have now expanded again. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning, Kirit.